Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is January 12th, 2023, and our first story Joe Biden has accidentally admitted to exposing classified documents, leaving them insecure and in his garage. A special counsel has now been appointed and the man faces impeachment or the forfeiture of his office. I doubt it'll happen, but interesting. In our next segment, the Golden Globes, Get Woke, Go Broke, the ratings tank. Then Andrew Tate, more properties raided. But is the story fake news? One fan says the evidence proves nothing. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. If you were ever wondering why it is, they don't like Joe Biden speaking openly at press conferences and why Joe Biden has said he'll get in trouble. It may be because if he speaks openly, he may admit to committing some crimes or disqualifying himself from holding the office he's actually in. This is a rather shocking story. You may have heard the news. A second set of classified documents were found in the possession of Joe Biden at a new location. Well, now we know the location, his garage, his house in Delaware. Joe Biden does not have declassification powers. Donald Trump does. Donald Trump had the classified documents in his possession in a secured place. It was locked, actually. They had to break the lock to get in. Joe Biden, speaking in front of the press, was asked by Ducey of Fox News about the circumstance. And Joe Biden basically says, I I, I keep the, the documents in my garage with my car. And Ducey says, what were you thinking? Yeah, he wasn't. Now, here's where it gets crazier. In admitting this, saying it's locked in the garage with the car. We go back to this old campaign video where Joe Biden is driving around in his Corvette and we can clearly see the documents are presumably the documents are just stacked up randomly on boxes in the back of the room. Completely insecure, completely exposed. Now, About all those stories that claimed Donald Trump was ineligible for office due to having classified documents. For the time being, I don't think we've been made aware how many classified documents he has in his garage. But one question does linger. Why are they admitting to it? I mean, seriously, 
Joe Biden's aides and his legal team are basically coming out right now and just being like, you know, all that stuff we accused Trump of doing and we said was the basis for disqualifying him from holding office. We did those things, too. Speculation circulates. Maybe they're trying to find a way to get rid of Joe Biden because he can't win, but he needs an exit. Maybe Joe Biden was supposed to bow out and doesn't want to. I have no idea, but it looks like Well, the walls are closing in on the Biden administration, the beginning of the end. That's what they're saying about Trump over and over again back during his first term. But what we're learning now is actually they are starting to go after the Bidens. And I wonder why it is. Seriously, why did they admit to having this? Why did Joe Biden go in front of the press and just be like, yeah, it's just sitting in my garage, completely unsecured and exposed? It's crazy, right? We've got more information about the feds going after Hunter Biden for taxes. Why now? Why all of a sudden? Honestly, I have no idea. It could just be that, well, the machine has no use for the Bidens at this point, and it's time to bring someone else in. Maybe they need to find a way to get rid of him, bring Kamala Harris in right before the 2024 election so that she can be the candidate. Or perhaps they're actually just going after him because, you know, he's done bad things and we've reached critical mass. Obviously, for the longest time, they've protected the Biden family from the Ashley Biden diary and the horrifying things in that to everything, literally everything Hunter Biden did. Nothing was being done. Perhaps what we're seeing is just it's such absurd, critical mass of corruption and malfeasance that if they don't go after the Bidens, well, it just looks I don't even know if it matters if it looks bad, to be honest. I'm like, maybe it just looks so bad people lose all faith in the system. But I kind of feel like we're already there, whether they go after the the Biden family or not. But let's take a look at the story. And I want to play for you the clip. Yo, this is mind blowing stuff. The photo of Biden doofing off in his car with a stack of classified documents behind him. Now, look, I don't really care about it. I really don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. National security stuff. I get it. But, you know, they, they, they should come in, take it, do a security assessment. We move on with our lives. But if they want to scream about Donald Trump endlessly because he had locked up some documents and as president was allowed to declassify them, then we are going to scream about Joe Biden. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, click that join us button and you will get access to exclusive segments of the Timcast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Tonight's going to be an awesome show. We, uh, if all goes according to plan, the Krasenstein brothers should be here too. So this should be a really interesting conversation. They're fairly liberal guys. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But as a member, you're doing more than just getting access to this content. You're supporting other shows like the Cast Castle vlog, Tales from the Inverted World the works of Shane Cashman and his profiles that he's been working on, and our cultural endeavors. We're looking to set up some coffee shops, some physical locations, a skate shop, a private club, and I will be in D.C. on Saturday morning at Freedom Plaza just to skate. I should be skating around. Honestly, I don't know if I'll be able to skate around because too many people might show up and it might just be impossible, but uh, I'll be there. Phil Labonte of All That Remains will be there. Maybe we'll sing some songs, we'll bring a guitar, and we're just going to hang out because we're going to assert ourselves in cultural spaces. We're not going to back down, cower, or hide. No, we're here. We're going to skate. And I hope to see you all there. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this video right now with all your friends. If everybody who watched this shared the video on all of their social media, we would be bigger than the corporate press overnight. 
for the time being. Let's carry on. From the post-millennial breaking classified documents found in Biden's Delaware garage next to his Corvette. The second batch of classified documents held by President Joe Biden was discovered in the garage of one of his Delaware homes next to his Corvette, the White House said on Thursday. White House counsel's office inspected the residences in Rehoboth Beach and Wilmington, Delaware this week after it was discovered that Biden had kept a collection of Obama-era classified documents at his UPenn office. The White House says it's fully cooperating with the Justice Department. Amazing. Biden was asked by Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey about the location of the documents, which were found next to his Corvette in the garage, to which Biden said that his Corvette is in a locked garage. This Biden, just shut up. Just say nothing. Amazing. Shout out to Corvette Skiff Poso for posting uh, the clip. We're posting from the Post Millennial. I want to play this one for you. Mr. Okay. okay. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, the, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay. So, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but uh, as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately notified, and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you very much. Amazing. What were you thinking? Okay. well, uh, here's the harsh reality of what Biden did. Fox News picks it up and they pick it up quick. Biden classified documents. 2020 campaign video shows him backing Corvette into garage. Holy smokes, ladies and gentlemen. Is that it right there? Is that pile of garbage right there where Joe Biden may have been keeping national security documents? Impeach, convict, lock him up. No, I'm not going to sit here and have every single media outlet in the country, the liberal, the corporate press, screaming to the high heavens about how Donald Trump had classified documents. He's disqualified himself. It's worse than Hillary. Lock him up. And then let this one slide. It's not happening. No. Donald Trump had classified documents in a secure location, and he was the president. He's allowed to do it. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll go through. We'll go through. Look, 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 look at this. The White House revealed this week that classified documents were discovered at the Washington, D.C. office for Biden's think tank. They then go and search and blah, blah, blah. And here you go. Here's the video. It's just right there. You can see it plain as day. The old Doddard's driving around in his car and he's got look at. Are you, are you kidding? That's exposed. First of all, he tweeted out this video. He tweeted out this video. Okay, well, no one's going to look at that and just assume there's classified documents in there. And this house is probably secure to a certain degree. But uh, considering what happened with the Pelosi's, I'm not so convinced. I'm not. I think Joe Biden did wrong. I think he should be in trouble. Biden's lawyer says additional classified documents have been found in Delaware. There it is. Official, confirmed, NPR. But what does this mean? What does it mean? Let's go back December 20, uh, 20th, 2022. What Trump's legal perils mean for his candidacy. Oh, okay. Possible legal charges, lawmakers, blah, blah, blah. Could this disqualify him? Now, they're talking about a bunch of other things. They say a false statement, supporters in January 6th, and blah, blah, blah. Probably not. They go on to say Trump's opponents see two possible avenues to challenging his eligibility. One is a federal law barring the removal or destruction of government records. It says anyone convicted of the offense is disqualified from federal office. This could conceivably apply to Trump if, and this is a big if, he's charged and convicted for taking classified documents from the White House. Oh my. The other is the 14th Amendment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That nobody can hold a seat in Congress, office, blah, 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 if they insurrect. But there it is right there. How can they get rid of them? Government records. If convicted, hmm, how about this one? August 9th, 2022, could Trump be barred from office if he's convicted of removing classified documents? Oh, heavens me, USA Today. Oh, man. And look at this. Breaking news right up top. Check that one out. Attorney General Merrick Garland tapped special counsel to probe Biden classified documents. Are they sacrificing the Biden family? Have they finally just said, you know, with all of the crack, with the illicit business dealings in Ukraine and China, with Joe Biden's gaffe after gaffe, we got to get rid of this guy. He is a liability. I certainly think so. But here's what they wrote, you say today. The FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home on Monday raised new legal questions about Trump's political future. A section of federal code says anyone determined to have improperly removed government documents would be disqualified from holding federal office. Oh, me. Oh, my. The man who has the ability to declassify documents had some. And and Joe Biden, who doesn't have such powers, also did on more than one occasion. Lock him up. Charge him. He's done. In 2015, some Republicans wondered 
or the law could be used to disqualify Hillary Clinton for serving as president from serving as president over her use of a private email server. Yeah, Hillary's staff then smashed phones with hammers. That's um, destroying records, I guess. So could Trump be barred from again pursuing a second term in the White House if he's convicted? The Constitution, not Congress, determines who can run for president. What does the law say? Twitter was abuzz on Monday night after Mark Elias, a Democratic attorney, tweeted Section 2071 of Title 18 of the U.S. Code, saying it would be a blockbuster in American politics to see a presidential candidate litigate the matter. Here is what that section of law, the U.S. Constitution, has to say about the qualifications, removing records. Under that section of federal law, anyone who has federal records and who willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same is in violation of the law. It carries a potential fine and maximum prison sentence of three years. The law also says anyone convicted under the law must forfeit office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Why, it's only 2023. There's still two years left in Joe Biden's presidency, and already it seems he may have to forfeit his office. Of course, this basically means President Kamala Harris. And then, I don't know, what does she do, appoint Nancy Pelosi as VP or something? Maybe that's why Nancy Pelosi didn't care to be Speaker of the House, but she's not retiring. Constitutional question. The Constitution, though, lays out only three requirements for presidential candidates. They must be born in the U.S., have lived here at least 14 years, and must be at least 35 years old. So they said it over and over again. They wouldn't leave it alone, and they're beating us over the head with it. So be it. This is what you wanted. A special counsel is now probing Biden. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel, Robert Hur, on Thursday to further review the handling of classified documents found at former office space used by President Joe Biden at his Wilmington, Delaware home. Hur is a former U.S. attorney in Maryland who will return to the government from private practice in Washington. Hur, who also served as a principal associate deputy attorney general during the Trump administration, is expected to begin work in the coming days. Why Garland said he's appointing special counsel, quote, The very extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel. This appointment underscores for the public the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters and to make and to making decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. Okay, well, here we go. I know there are a lot of people who are probably saying, you know, like you're biased and, you know, Trump did it and Trump did it. And I can say it over, over and over again. But let me just uh, let me give you PolitiFact stated on May 15th, 2017, quote, the minute the president speaks about it to someone, he has the ability to declassify anything at any time without any process. Mostly true. James Risch, Louis Jacobson, fact checks. Yes, the president can. PolitiFact confirmed. So can we please move on from screaming at the nonsense about Donald Trump having documents? He can classify whatever he wants. They're going to mention the blockbuster article in the Washington Post saying Trump had revealed highly classified information to the Russian foreign minister and ambassador in a White House meeting didn't just put the White House on the defensive. It also put Republican lawmakers in a tight spot. This story from May 16th, 2017 predates, obviously, the story of Donald Trump and the documents in his home. So we must take into consideration, as we have several times over the past several months when they kept trying to scream that Trump would be disqualified. No, Trump can uh, uh, declassify whatever he wants. Here's how the Washington Post frames it. 
Y'all ready for this one? How much do you want to bet they're going to say it's no big deal? Joe Biden's cooperating, unlike Trump. And it's fine. He's currently the president, so he can declassify them now. They say Biden's lawyers have said they quickly turned in all the classified documents. They've cooperated fully. Elected officials handling of sensitive government materials has been the subject of fierce political debate since 2016. Here are the basics of what's going on. Where were the first and second batches? So we know that his office and his home. Do we know what the documents contain? They say we don't, although it's safe to say that most classified documents deal in some way with material related to foreign countries. At a news conference in Mexico City on Tuesday, Biden provided a few details on how the documents were found, saying that his lawyers were clearing out his office at the Penn Biden Center and discovered the documents in a box and in what he called a locked cabinet or at least a closet. Okay, those documents were in a locked closet. I'll take it. Fine. But what about the pile of garbage in his garage? Sorry. You mean to tell me that VP Biden carries a bunch of classified documents and drops them in his garage? My friends, I don't care for this kind of story. In any normal circumstance, I'd say, so what? Collect the documents and let's move on. It's immaterial. But they set the standard. That's the standard they want to play by. It's the standard I will abide by. You set the rules. We're going to play by them. Biden's files at the Penn Center were apparently mixed with other personal documents, blah, blah, blah. Is Biden's possession of the documents under investigation? (laughs) Yeah. And oh boy, now a special counsel. So what has he said? Well, you know, we saw it. Here's what we're looking for. How does this compare to Trump's classified documents at Mar-a-Lago? How does it compare? There are key distinctions between the DOJ's review of the Biden documents and the agency's ongoing criminal investigation into former President Trump. Oh, man. The DOJ review and the criminal investigation. You love how they do it, right? Volume is one key difference. The FBI eventually recovered more than 300 classified documents from Trump's private club. But Trump, as I've already proven to you, or at least if you trust PolitiFact, has the ability to declassify whatever he wants whenever he wants just by thinking it. Another contrast is that the first batch of Biden's classified materials was voluntarily returned to the National Archives. So what? By contrast, Prosecutors have said they are investigating whether Trump or others obstructed government efforts to recover the secret papers, except he can declassify them. Stop lying, Washington Post. Why do they lie, lie over and over again? They're just spitting and spitting and spitting on us. Like we're not like we're not smart enough to use Google to learn the president can declassify things, but not the vice president. In Trump's case, investigators are looking at possible charges of obstruction of justice, or destruction of records, as well as the possible mishandling of government secrets. I would not be surprised if they try to use it against Trump because they don't want him to run. I would not be surprised if they give Joe Biden a little old slap on the wrist and say, don't worry about it. Quote, when is the FBI going to raid the many houses of Joe Biden, perhaps even the White House? These documents were definitely not declassified. The Biden documents were found at the Penn Biden Center a little over two weeks ago, blah, blah, blah. And why didn't they dis- disclose they found these documents when they did? They waited until after the midterms because they're playing dirty games. But more importantly, this article was seemingly written before they said, "Uh oh, there were documents in his garage. At this point, what needs to happen is the FBI needs to raid the home, the homes, plural, all of the homes of Joe Biden and start ripping up mattresses, tearing open pillows to find what other documents he may have. Now, again, I'm being somewhat facetious. I'm just saying if you want to play that game with Trump, Don't be surprised if we say, fine, we'll play the same game. 
Republican leaders on Capitol Hill and elsewhere have called for more information about the Biden discovery and alleged double standard in the way the government and news organizations have dealt with it. That's right, especially you, Washington Post. But hey, democracy dies in darkness. And they want to mention Mark Warner, chairman of the Select Committee on Intelligence, asked for a briefing on the Biden documents while reviewing a request for one on the on the classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago. If you're going to play the game with Trump, then you're going to play the game with Biden. The New York Times says Trump had more than 300 classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. The National Archives found this blah, blah, blah. We all know the story. So let's turn to our good friends over at The Independent to help understand what they think is really going on. The Independent writes, why Republicans really want to impeach Biden? Oh, okay. My assumptions would be just general failures of of his presidency. I mean, inflation's through the roof. The cost of goods is just terrifying. The war in Russia, dumping U.S. funds into Ukraine. But uh, let's talk about, you know, illicit behaviors like, I don't know, 10% for the big guy trying to get the Ukrainian prosecutor fired in, in exchange for uh, threatening to withhold loan guarantees while VP. How about illicit business dealings through his son, as I mentioned, 10% for the big guy, but directly related to him in Burisma and China? I think those are good reasons. How about, I know, having classified documents stored improperly that you exposed? Okay, well, let's see what our good friend Noah Berlatsky has to say. The Republican House has finally managed to elect Kevin McCarthy. Of course, Democrats control the other chamber of Congress. The chance of frivolous House impeachment getting the 60 votes in the Senate for removal is somewhere between zero and zilch. So why are Republicans so obsessed with taking a nonsense vote on a nonsense issue that will result in nothing? I mean, I think it's because we want to try and have accountability no matter what. You know, I'd say because Joe Biden did bad things and we want to show that we at least try to call them out. And after showing the evidence, we want Democrats to then defend Joe Biden. But uh, what was your opinion, Noah? He says, I think the answer is that the nonsense is the point. Huh? Republicans want to impeach Biden in a clearly partisan, obviously illegitimate way because they want to delegitimize the impeachment process. They dislike that process because it was used against Republican President Donald Trump when he committed serious crimes. It's no secret that many in the House majority want to find some excuse or no excuse to impeach Biden. In 2020, before Biden was even elected, Iowa Senator Joni Ernst said that Republicans would impeach him as soon as possible for something regarding his son Hunter Biden's involvement in Ukraine. Hey, how about that? In 2021, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham threatened Biden with impeachment for pulling troops out of Afghanistan. Georgia Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, a key McCarthy ally who has tried to downplay January 6, blah, 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 said 2023 will be a great year to impeach Joe Biden. She offered no rationale. I think she did when she was on this show and we talked quite a bit about it. So why lie, Noah? Why omit? It's not just elected representatives either. A poll last May found that 68% of Republican voters think Biden should be impeached, and he should. Barton Gellman of the, at The Atlantic argued that impeachment is the natural consequence of Trumpian electoral election denial. Republicans, contrary to all evidence, see Biden as an illegitimate president who stole the election. No, they don't. A lot of them do. Not all of them do. A lot of them do. So let's just make sure we're being clear. There were a lot of Republicans that didn't play that game. But uh, I think Joe Biden, I don't know, with those... Those classified documents sitting in his uh, in his in his garage, maybe uh, maybe he disqualified himself. All right, let's get it. 
Here are all the ways Republicans plan to investigate Biden. Do you got a list for me? The weaponization of government. I'm down to see it. What else you got for me? Biden family businesses. Oh, boy. What else is, is, is origins of the covid pandemic? You got anything else? China competitors. Oh, man. The withdrawal from Afghanistan. We're up to five things now. Border enforcement. Six things. January 6th defendants. Seven things. Hey, wait a minute. You mean to tell me there are seven current things from the Biden presidency that warrant impeachment? Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Yeah. So when these liberals and Democrats come out and say, it's just nonsense, they're trying to impeach for no reason. Hey, the New York Times gave you a big list of all of the problems people actually have. But how about we just dive right into where they're actually going? Republican prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden is zeroing in on false $30,000 tax deduction as it revealed Chinese business partner asked him about FBI because associate was being investigated. Charges could be announced anytime. Criminal charges for Hunter Biden. I'll believe it when I see it. Hunter Biden could soon face charges for making false deductions on his tax returns. It was reported on Wednesday. As it emerged that a Chinese business associate, we, we read that in the headline. Hunter has been in the crosshairs of the U.S. attorney for Delaware, David Weiss, since at least 2020. But on Wednesday, the New York Times reported that charges could be imminent in part thanks to allegations of $30,000 in tax deductions, which he claimed were for business deductions. Hunter could also face charges over his October 2018 purchase of a 38 caliber handgun for which Hunter had to certify that he was not on drugs. And he was. That's what at least allegedly. Photos from Hunter's laptop left at a Wilmington, Delaware repair shop show the president's son in a series of compromising positions from that time, including with what appears to be a crack pipe. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanks, Daily Mail, for that picture. Yo, I, I've said it uh, on IRL. I'd love to watch a Hunter Biden YouTube channel. And I'm not kidding. That's the outlet for the guy. Dude, make a YouTube channel for all your antics. It will be awesome. Hunter in 2020 realized the significance of his tax issues in the summer uh, in, of 2019 when he tried to go on honeymoon in Mexico, but found he was unable to renew his expired passport due to outstanding tax demands. In November 2018, Hunter's accountant, Bill Morgan, had emailed him saying that the State Department would not renew his passport due to the amount outstanding. Morgan said Hunter owed $158,000 for 2015 and $471,000 for 2018. Wow. Based on the size of the 2015 deficiency, IRS has notified the State Department and they will not renew your passport until this is resolved. I don't know when your passport is due for renewal, but you could have a problem if it's coming up soon. Amazing. Hunter's lawyers have known since mid-2021 that Weiss, appointed by Donald Trump in 2017, was considering bringing charges against the troubled businessman for failing to pay his taxes in 2016 and 2017. In October 2021, in a bid to stave off prosecution, Hunter borrowed $2 million from a friend, a wealthy, a wealthy Los Angeles writer and lawyer Kevin Morris, to pay the IRS the outstanding sum. Analysts told the New York Times that Weiss could now struggle to successfully convict Hunter 
for tax evasion because the money has now been paid. I'm not so convinced. I was reading uh, several, I read several articles that said simply paying the money back does not stop the criminal intent. If you intended not to pay to deceive the IRS, then paying it back doesn't change anything. However, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of the IRS. And the question is, why did he owe the money? Is the issue that he intentionally misled them? That's a different question. That's tax evasion. Or is it that he just didn't pay because he screwed up? These are important questions that have to be brought up. One's a crime, one's being stupid. And if you get him to pay the taxes, then we're good, right? The paper reported that Hunter's lawyers have provided the Justice Department with evidence of how the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware has never brought a standalone gun charge for lying, uh, or, uh, for lying about drug use. Hunter has also, for several years, faced questions about his relationship with Chinese oil tycoon Yi Jianming, Jianming who he attempted to do business with in 2017. Yi asked, is it Yi? Is it Ye? Ye asked Hunter about the FBI and Justice Department, noting that he was concerned about a possible investigation into his associate, Patrick Ho. In September of 2017, Ho signed a retainer agreement with Hunter, making him his lawyer and paying him $1 million. Surprise, surprise. Perhaps because of his connections with his dad. Yi flew back to China and was himself arrested on corruption allegations, ending his dealings with Hunter. Hunter is separately being investigated by a Republican committee now that they have control of the House. Republicans have repeatedly insisted that Joe Biden was involved with his son's business dealings that benefited from him, from them. I mean, considering Tony Bobulinski, who is in these emails and has them, literally told us that Joe Biden was involved, I think we're beyond corroboration and it's time for like an actual criminal indictment. They're going to say the White House is adamant that Joe Biden is, has always kept a distance from his, a distance from his errant son's lucrative endeavors. Now, that's just unbelievable. Sorry. You got Hunter Biden on the border of Burisma. Joe Biden flies to Ukraine and threatens to withhold a billion dollars in U.S. aid unless they fire a prosecutor who just so happened to have had a dozen plus investigations into Burisma. So spare me your manipulations. Father Alex Karlutsos, a Greek Orthodox priest, told The New York Times that at a 2015 charity gala, Joe Biden did not engage the guests who included Hunter's business associates. I remember the vice president coming in and he did not go around the table. He just simply waved at everybody. Oh, really? I did not hear any business exchanges with anybody. I don't believe it. Sorry, you're going to have to try again on that one. We need a legitimate investigation. And you know what? It looks like the Republicans are going to at least feign one. I'll take a real one, and I hope they do, but I don't trust Kevin McCarthy. The weaponization of government, Merrick Garland, come on, that's obvious. The Biden family business, yes, please. I want to know what they were doing and why. COVID pandemic's interesting. But this started during Trump. I'm all down for this 100%. But I think Fauci, we got to look in that direction. China competitiveness. Yeah, the fact that I think Joe Biden's been consistently helping China. Getting out of, okay, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, hands down. You abandoned Bagram Air Force Base without notifying the Afghan security forces? That seemed intentional. Border enforcement? Oh, yeah, we know. The January 6th defendants, we get it all. We get it all. It's time we actually have some accountability. If the, at the bare minimum, we get some subpoenas and they start digging into what Joe Biden's been up to in the Democratic establishment, I'll take it. My concern is that many of these investigations will be shams and the establishment will simply seek to protect itself. That's why I was not a fan of Kevin McCarthy becoming speaker. But we'll see. Matt Gates stood his ground. Freedom Caucus members won their concessions. And so they're, they're voting on abolishing the IRS. They've got the ability to remove the speaker. Sort of. It's still really difficult. 
I guess in the end, I'll take what I can get, but I'm not going to hold my breath. For all we know, nothing comes of this, and these investigations are just shams to make us think they're actually doing something. In the, uh, for the time being, a special counsel has been appointed to investigate Joe Biden, who accidentally admitted to exposing classified materials. Well, there you go. We'll see how this plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Check it out. Three segments, 6.15, 6.30. I'm sorry, 6 o'clock, 6.15, 6.30. Back to back to back. Check them out. We'll get them up. And become a member at timcast.com. And we'll see you all in the next segment. Get woke, go broke. The Golden Globe suffers all-time lowest ratings as America turns away from wokeness. It's a good sign. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't even know the Golden Globes were happening. I know we all remember back when Ricky Gervais did that explosive monologue calling out wokeness in Hollywood. They've only entrenched themselves further. And for doing so, their ratings have dropped off by a ridiculous percentage down to like 6 million or so viewers from like 20. Now, there's some pros and there's some cons. I look at this and I can say to you, Wokeness doesn't work. People reject it. And it is being forced down our throats. I can tell you, ESG, environmental, social governance, business, garbage, everybody hates. I can tell you that I have spoken with people who work in various industries and they say it's crazy what they're trying to do. There is some force, some element that is trying to jam wokeness down our throats. And it's creepy. You know, the skateboarding industry is woke as they come. How do these creepy cult members get involved in this stuff? But here's the thing. Wokeness, it's just destroying everything. And maybe that's the point. As I looked at the Golden Globes ratings, going back a couple decades, actually got kind of sad. It used to be in the 20 million or so. And that meant we had a cohesive culture. The other day, I'm hanging out downstairs. Phil Labonte's hanging out. He's watching Metallica. And a uh, massive crowd. We're watching the stadium show. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And I said, that's never going to happen again, man. And, uh, you know, Phil was saying he agreed. The reason why I think it's never going to happen again is because our sources of information have been shattered into a million pieces. It used to be that there were like three channels and we got all our information from those channels for better or for worse. You know, the government was lying to us and we marched in lockstep with that. A good thing emerged when we got a diversity of news and information sources. But now it's so diverse, we can't unify around anything. The reason why I don't think there will ever be a band as big as Metallica again, you could put a band on TV in front of 50 million people and they gain 30 million new fans. Then they show up to a venue and everyone's screaming and they all want to see it because they all heard the same song. But now you turn on like Colbert and he barely cracks two million viewers. Used to be huge. Used to be that was the show to watch at night. Nobody's watching it. We got video on demand. We got Spotify. We've got podcasts. And thus, our worldviews are shattering into a million pieces. And it makes me wonder, you know, TikTok. You go on TikTok, it's wokeness, 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 indoctrinating kids into believing psychotic garbage nonsense. What if the goal is not wokeness? What if the implementation of wokeness is just to destroy the system, infiltrate, destroy and rebuild? Perhaps wokeness is the rebuilding part, but perhaps not. Perhaps it's the destruction part.
Perhaps the Golden Globes got woke on purpose to destroy itself, to gut our cultural institutions, to destroy what makes America, America, our shared vision of what we want for this country. Or it could be an emergent phenomenon, to be completely honest, that as the ratings decline because of the ubiquity of the inter- of, of internet platforms and streaming platforms, you end up with the Golden Globes desperately trying to say anything to attract new viewers. Here's a story from the Post Millennial. Golden Globe suffers all-time lowest ratings as America turns away from wokeness. Even a revamped show and an A-list lineup weren't enough to stop Tuesday's ratings from becoming the lowest ever for the gala on NBC. Look, you know, Eddie Murphy's a funny guy. How many of you care? Check this out. The televised ratings for the Golden Globes tanked to an all-time low of only 6.3 million viewers. Tuesday, television audiences, audience continued the slide from 6.9 in 2021 when the award show were held remotely during the pandemic and had been down from more than 18 million in 2020. Holy crap. Take a look at this. Golden Globes TV ratings. The gala delivered a 1.1 rating in the adults 18 to 49 demographic, an all-time low for NBC and down 28% from 1.52. So uh, I got to ask. When you say 6.3 million viewers, the lowest ever, are you uh, just talking about old people? That's not a good thing. That's a very bad thing. And I'll explain. Golden Globes TV ratings. When I saw this, the first thing I thought to myself was, ha 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 ha, get woke, go broke. It's true. You know, they get woke, their ratings go down. 2004. 26.8 million viewers. 2014, 20.9 million viewers. 2015, 19.3. 2016, 18.5. 2020, 18.4. Then the pandemic. 6.9 million viewers. And then I thought something. What happened between 2020 and 2022 to gut the Golden Globes by 60 some odd percent of their viewership? And it's not a good thought. I'm not happy about it. It is the collapse of our cultural institutions. It is, in a manner of speaking, a great reset of how we view the world. Though many of you may watch shows like mine and say things like, you know, I watch Timcast and Timcast IRL. Become a member at Timcast.com. Our ratings are substantially lower. I mean, I started producing more segments on this channel, but I still do think that we're relatively isolated. The one thing I can say is share this. But the challenge is attracting younger viewers. And if you don't speak up, we won't. So here's my point. In 2020, 18.4 million people watched the Golden Globes. In 2016, it was 18.5 million. They lock everything down. They take everything away from us. And then two years later, the Golden Globes is just gutted. Now, as I said before, it could be that they got woke around then and people were like, this is lame. I want to watch something else. Probably, I think, I think a fair point. But it may also be bad because from this point of 2020 to 2022, a lot of people died, a lot of older people. And I believe that as uh, many of you, not all of you, refuse to speak out, and I'm not saying to stand on a, on a soapbox and wave a sign. I'm saying people are even refusing to just be like, I don't like wokeness. Like they, won't even, they won't even say, they won't even say anyth- anything as simple as, I just don't know about that. I was talking to a friend of mine who skates, and I said, 
bro, you don't need to come out and, and, and claim to be a Trump supporter. All you got to do is when someone says some woke nonsense, go, I don't know about all that. That's it. Like, just, just say outright, like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. Let them go off. Let them go off. Make them look unreasonable and just be like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know about all that. That sounds, that sounds weird. But people won't even do that. So kids are being raised by the wokeness. Now, don't get me wrong. The, uh, the viewership is hilarious because it's probably all old people who are watching. But then where are the young people going? Ah, yeah, that's the worst part. TikTok, where they're being indoctrinated. And because people our age, many, refuse to speak up as to their values, what, what's, what's, what's basically happening, and it breaks my heart to say it, I'm not trying to rag on anybody, but if you don't talk about your ideas, the ship is sinking and you are sitting on it and you're saying like, dude, if I start bailing water, people are going to get mad at me. It's like, okay, if they get mad at you, it could cause risk to you. But if you don't bail water, the ship sinks. Makes me wonder, are we winning? Is the night always darkest for the dawn and we are in the darkest point soon to emerge into that beautiful sunlight? Or is what's really happening is that we've convinced ourselves that we are winning and that we've taken the white pill. But in reality, all around us, cultural institutions are in decay. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe the woke mind virus people are trying to wear these institutions like a skin suit and it's failing. That's the white pill view. The Golden Globes collapse is because woke people put them on like a skin suit and flailed about. And we said, not interested. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You got this from Timcast.com, Mary Morgan writing. The 2023 Golden Globes is a woke clown show. Probably. I take Mary's word for it. She's probably right. Televised award shows are dropping in viewership and relevance every year. Anyone still interested enough to pay attention to these circuses is watching them get live tweeted instead. The Golden Globes went into hiding last year because the Hollywood Foreign Press Association got embroiled in a racism scandal. The 2023 Golden Globes made a predictably woke and insufferable comeback to dozens of screens across the nation. Let's tour the failures of this year's snooze fest. Mary absolutely writing a masterpiece, taking down the woke garbage, pointing out that they brought in one guy who actually said the only reason he said, quote, I'm here because I'm black. The pitfall of the joke is that if a renowned black comedian like Chris Rock were to say it, we would laugh at the ridiculous idea that his race scored him the opportunity. This time, however, we have reasonable suspicion that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association invited a far less relevant comic to host in an attempt to save face. Get woke, go broke. Hey, how about Dave Chappelle? You know, it's funny. I think, you know, people talk about Pete Buttigieg calling him a diversity hire. And I'm like, he's not. Like, he was getting ragged on because he's a white male. He wasn't hired for being gay as the transportation secretary. He was hired because they're trying to put him in a position where they can prop him up for future use in politics. He's a young whippersnapper, but he was Mayor Pete. He's got no federal experience. 
They needed to get him a position where when he runs for a higher office, they can be like, here's his uh, credentials. Not a diversity hire. But in terms of this, yeah, if they really wanted to go for diversity, couldn't they get Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle or someone else? Or is the real issue nobody wants to do it? Man, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it if there are 20 20 million people watching. I I hate these, these, these things. But in thinking about the Golden Globes, the, the drop-off in viewership, the culture revolution, I get worried. And so it, it may seem slightly uh, somewhat unrelated, but I decided to look this up, uh, this story from the Wall Street Journal. How deadly were the COVID lockdowns? The reason I looked up info on the lockdowns was because the biggest drop in viewership happened during the lockdowns. So I thought to myself, the lockdowns worked in terms of destroying the fabric of this country. A culture revolution. Viewership dropping may be related to wokeness, probably a large portion. A large portion may be related to older people dying. Not completely. But I mean, if you have like 3 million deaths and, you know, 500,000, I mean, that's a drop off in some viewership. Maybe some younger people too. But I think ultimately the lockdowns shut down American culture. We were no longer talking to each other in the streets. I brought this up during the lockdowns. I mentioned that it used to be you'd go to the bar. You'd go to the watering hole. You'd go talk to your friends and neighbors. You'd go to church. You'd share ideas. With the lockdown, that all ended. People were then getting their ideas filtered through social media, who we know for a fact was censoring opinions they didn't like. So think about that for two seconds. You'd go to your bar and you'd say, I don't know about all this politics stuff. I'm angry. And your neighbor would say, you know what? I don't know about all this politics stuff, too. I'm also angry. And then you'd say, hey, how about we have a town hall meeting? Then they shut down all your businesses. Instead of showing up to the local watering hole and talking to your neighbor about how you don't know about all this politics stuff, you go on Twitter. You tweet, I don't know about all this politics stuff, and I'm angry. Boom, tweet deleted. Banned. Shut your mouth. The tweet that does go viral, woke, 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 woke. Now, I don't know what that means. And I talk about how they treat us like chickens. You know, the way I describe it, I said yesterday with the, with the way things are going, it's like we think it would be like if my chickens thought they were working with me when in fact I own them. And that is to say that there are individuals who seek to manipulate industry and governance. And it's, and it's silly that the idea would be considered a conspiracy in any capacity because I'm not talking about like a cabal of individuals going behind the scenes and planning, trolling their mustaches. I'm talking about quite literally like CEOs of companies implementing plans for their 100,000 employees, like straight up. Guy's a CEO of a company, big company, Fortune 500, 100,000 employees. And he says, let's implement this new woke policy to avoid liability issues. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Where do we go? I think it is more important than ever that we speak up, which is why I will be in D.C. at Freedom Plaza this Saturday at 10 a.m. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. We're bringing a bunch of people. Phil Labonte is going to be there. A handful of other people are going to be there because it's like we live here and we're just going to go hang out. There's no event. You know, like I'm going to be there. And if uh, Antifa or somebody shows up, I'll go stand 10 feet in the other direction. I'll go. What are you going to do? You're going to protest my presence. Good luck. I can just stand wherever I'll go sit. Here's what I'll do. If if uh, Someone, if people get mad and they're protesting, I'll go to Pop Belly and I'll have a sandwich. 
Because like I'm literally just going to be there. It's not an event. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not abiding by this stuff, man. I'm, I'm not going to sit back while all this stuff happens. Let me show you this story from the Wall Street Journal. For Americans under 45, there were more excess deaths without the virus in 2020 and 21 than with it. Now, that's interesting. They're going to mention that COVID-19 is deadly. I certainly think so. But so were the draconian steps taken to mitigate it. During the first two years of the pandemic, excess deaths, the death toll above the historical trend, markedly exceeded the number of deaths attributed to COVID. In a paper we just published in Inquiry based on data from the Center for from the CDC, we found that non-COVID excess deaths totaled nearly 100,000 a year in 2020 and 21. So 200,000 people died unrelated to COVID. Why? He said, even these numbers likely overestimate deaths from COVID and underestimate those from other causes. COVID testing has become ubiquitous in hospitals, and the official count of COVID deaths includes people who tested positive but died for other causes. Interesting. On the other side, some COVID deaths early in the pandemic weren't diagnosed as such. We adjusted for the latter effect, but not the former. So what do we have? Here we go. Excess deaths, 18 to 44, non-COVID. Yo, what is this? It's massive. That's crazy. Non-COVID excess deaths are distributed more evenly among these groups, 35,000 among the elderly, 33 among the middle-aged, and 29,000 among young adults. As a percentage, however, that's a huge increase for young adults. While we can see that a lot of older people died with COVID, more so than younger people, what was killing younger people? They say accidents, overdoses, alcoholism, homicide skew younger, poorer, and with a disproportionate effect on minorities. It also bears mention that these young adult deaths running 27% above historical trends take far more years of life than the excess deaths of older cohorts. Perhaps there are other things involved. Perhaps there are other issues causing excess death in young people. But this is what I see. I can't see the big picture. The reason I bring up the chickens thing. Um, I'm not looking at top secret information. I'm not looking at government planning. I can't see everything, so I don't know. But it makes me wonder, are we looking at 2020, a sledgehammer swing into the glass, shielding us from the Great Reset? Is that swing an attempt to shatter the fabric of our culture and thus reset it? You break the window and then you install a new one with fancy little images in it. Is that what it is? Seeing the Golden Globes collapse. It makes me laugh because wokeness may be a key component, but I also wonder if it's ultimately a bad thing. If we can no longer put a band on TV and create a unified culture around supporting certain ideas, we as a people and a country cease to function in a unified manner. The Beatles, you know, I mean, was another big, uh, we got another big queen was very big. Metallica, of course, I think is like the biggest, right? I'm not sure that's ever going to happen again. You've got Taylor Swift, you've got bands like Muse, you've got stadium bands. But I'm not convinced it's going to happen. Ten years ago, I was at a conference in the Netherlands, and I was talking to these guys, and I said, the era of fame is over. And they told me I was wrong. They said, you're wrong. There's always going to be athletes, football stars, they'll always be famous. And I said, I disagree. You're wrong. And the reason is decentralization of the consumption of information. So even if you have a world-renowned soccer star, a Messi or something. Dude will be really famous. I'm not saying no one will ever, like, I'm not saying fame won't exist. I'm saying the idea of, of being Metallica won't exist. 
right? Like, obviously, to a degree, I'm famous. I go out, people recognize me. I get a lot of attention. But it's not like I'll ever be as big as Metallica was. We don't even, we don't even get as many views as Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson gets like two or three million. But in the key demo, and this is important, we rival Tucker Carlson. Not for his YouTube clips. Though. Let me, let me, I'll, I'll make sure this is clear. In terms of our live show viewership on Timcast IRL, it rivals Tucker Carlson. Then again, his clips on YouTube do way better than ours. So he's getting way more youth viewership. Don't get me wrong. But on TV, he's not getting that much. Most of those views are coming from older people who will eventually phase out. We lose that influence and I'm worried. The older vote is really holding back the tide of the woke psychopathy. Because people won't speak up. Our culture shattered a long time ago, my friends. So while we can gloat about getting woke and going broke, there is a certain negative and a certain pain that comes along with it. When we, 2004 Golden Globes weren't necessarily woke, probably still very liberal. But without that cohesive culture, it all comes crashing down. What's going to happen? I mean, you're going to have people who are like, I watched Timcast for my news and opinion. Someone else is going to be like, I watch Rachel Maddow. And you're going to have completely different worldviews. Now, to be honest, if you watch me, you're probably better informed than if you watch Rachel Maddow because she's basically wrong about everything and predicts a bunch of weird nonsense and thought Trump was a Russian spy. Sure. But you're going to have a different worldview for many people. And then when you try to have a conversation, it won't be able to happen. When you try and have a political argument, they will say things that aren't true. They'll say things like Joe Biden never withheld aid to Ukraine to get a prosecutor fired. You're making that up. And you'll be like, dude, it's on video, but they won't care. Now, imagine if everybody watched the same thing, whether it was a lie or the truth. You'd all say the same thing. You'd all agree and you'd hold hands and sing under the sun. It's not necessarily a good or bad thing. You know, I think about it and I'm like, maybe there's two ways to look. There's two ways to look at it. One, get what go broke. We are destroying the machine and the narrative and the truth is emerging Two. Cultural cohesion is breaking and the United States will fall with it if we can't maintain a unified worldview. There's pros and there's cons there, my friend. I don't know. I can tell you this in the short term. Let's just all sit back and gloat that people are rejecting wokeness. And then what we need to do is build cultural institutions, make new shows, make new establishments, kick out the ESG garbage. We need to come together, become a member at TimCast.com, share this video. The reason ESG is working is because financial institutions are denying loans and financing to businesses that don't adhere to their woke garbage. Fortunately for us, we are funded by our customers, by our viewers, by our members, and we don't need to rely on their financing, which means we can start building something better. And if we do have the better ideas, we will win. So the Golden Globes can collapse, but maybe we can make something better. Maybe we can unify people around a shared worldview. We'll try. We'll work towards that. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. And we'll see you all then. Police investigating Andrew Tate sex allegations carry out fresh raids across Romania, seizing files and computer equipment from social media star and his brother's girlfriend's properties. Is this a matrix attack against Andrew Tate or is he guilty? One prominent Twitter account that follows Andrew Tate and has been tracking the case says that actually, according to the court, there's not enough evidence to actually pursue a criminal charge against him. Thus, he's being detained while they investigate. 
I find that interesting. I am not here to uh, placate or, or defend anyone, but I think it is interesting that they're currently investigating while he's detained. If they actually had evidence of wrongdoing, hard evidence, they would have charged him and then arrested him. So it may be that Andrew Tate does get released. But there's a bigger story here in the Andrew Tate saga. Why is it that so many people would rush to defend him? And why is it that so many in the corporate press would rush to smear him? Well, I certainly want to get into this. The media is coming out and saying that he's evil and he's the worst guy in the world. But actually, the clips I've seen from him are not bad. Now, I've seen some bad clips. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying there are a lot of clips that are actually kind of inspirational, telling people to work hard, not to give up, to have a family, to believe in themselves. That is the kind of message I think that the Matrix doesn't want espoused. But does that mean the whole machine is rigged to stop him? I don't know. One thing I can see here. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is a tweet from Jordan Peterson referencing Andrew Tate and a story from The Telegraph that I'd like you all to see. Young men are in crisis and nobody seems to care. And then I sort of realized something. They they kind of bring this up in the the article for The Telegraph. Y'all could have had Jordan Peterson. But now you need to understand something. When Jordan Peterson came out and said something very simple, be responsible, be a man, clean your room, bucko. When he said, find the heaviest thing you can carry and carry it, they called him a Nazi. They called him outright. They, they, they assaulted him. They, they're trying to rescind his medical license. They're forcing him to undergo re-education for his mean tweets. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Phil again. I mentioned him in the last segment. He was like, it's like Trump. You know, Mitt Romney is the, they, they say, call him all the worst things. And then you end up with Trump. And I'm like, that's exactly what this lady's basically, I think she's basically saying the same thing in this Telegraph article. I don't think Andrew Tate is the villain they make him out to be. I don't think he's the greatest here or anything in the world. But I understand young men are in crisis, so they will turn to those who seek to empower them. And for all of the things you may accuse Andrew Tate of, maybe he's guilty. I don't know. We'll see. We've got one account saying there's not enough evidence of anything. Some are saying that it's a, it's a setup. I mean, you call it a matrix attack. Yeah, sure. It's, it's like a silly thing to say. Everybody's making fun of this idea. It's like a matrix attack because they're trying to take down Andrew Tate. But there certainly are, I guess when you look at the political agendas, the way things are going with wokeness, the idea that a man could inspire young men to want to have families, to work hard, to lose weight. Yeah, that's, that goes against the grain. And if he's as effective as he is, I think he is, then there'd be reason to stop him. But I don't know, man. I'm not going to read too much into conspiracy theories or anything like that. Let's just read the news and then let's talk about why, why young men feel like they need Andrew Tate. The Daily Mail reports, police investigating allegations against controversial social media influencer Andrew Tate and his brother have carried out fresh raids across Romania. 
In a series of swoops across Bucharest and elsewhere in Romania, police seized paperwork and computer equipment from various properties said to be connected to Tate, including the home of his, his brother Tristan's girlfriend. It comes as media in the country reported that the British consul had visited the brothers in prison where they are being held following their arrest last month. They were held as part of a huge investigation into claims that several women had been trafficked and raped by Lutonborn Tate and his brother as part of an organized criminal empire. I actually don't think I, I think the media is overhyping the allegations because I'm pretty sure they haven't been charged. But let's read a statement issued by the Directorate for the Investigation of Organized Crime and Terrorism said this morning, the prosecutors of DICOT central structure in the continuation of the investigations in the case regarding the commission of the crimes of constituting an organized criminal group, human trafficking and rape, implement seven home search warrants within the radius of Bucharest municipality and Ilfov counties and Pravhova. Judicial activities are carried out together with police officers from BCCO, Bucharest and SCCO, Ilfov, sorry. Quote, we make it clear that during the entire criminal process, the investigated persons benefit from the procedural rights and guarantees provided by the Code of Criminal Procedure as well as the presumption of innocence. That's very important, isn't it? One of the homes searched was that of Romania kickboxer and cage fighter Vlad Obu, with paperwork and computers seized and taken away. Interesting. And why are they posting images? Well, I guess these are images directly from Andrew Tate himself. But many people pointed out that when they were doing some of these raids, they were revealing what it was like inside these buildings. Meanwhile, Mail Online can also reveal that one of the two women dubbed Tate's angels and who were arrested at the same time is being given compassionate leave from custody. Former police officer Luana Radu, 32, has been given a three hour license so she can attend the funeral of her grandmother in Bucharest later on Thursday. She quit the force eight years ago to focus on sex video chat room work with Georgiana Nagahel, 28, and investigators say both had a role to coerce and control other women involved in the business. Tate, 36, a British U.S. citizen who has 4.5 million followers on Twitter, was detained on December 29th in Bucharest along with his brother Tristan and two Romanian women. We have this tweet from Suleiman Ahmed, PhD candidate researchers, masters in philosophy, verified Twitter user, who said, Andrew Tate judges ruling on rape. I have reviewed the allegation against the Tates, and it's very weak. I'm surprised they were arrested. Romanian authorities have gone in without there being much substance behind the, ar the arrest. But let's review the evidence. There are two accounts of rape by the Moldovan woman. She has left the country. There is no info on where she is. I wonder if she has been given asylum in the US. If that's the case, it seems a bit suspicious. Speculation. If not, let's move on to the rest of the evidence. They say, what evidence is there? Just the witness statement of the Moldovan woman. According to Tate's lawyer, both her and the U.S. woman also went to a non-approved specialist for an evaluation after they left. In reality, other than the woman's statements, there is no evidence. Does the evidence meet the standard for prosecution or conviction? The answer is no. On page four of the ruling, it explains the three levels of evidence. One, to refer to court to remand. Two, to prosecute. And three, to convict. The evidence only meets the first bar, according to the judge. Now, that's big. That's why they're currently investigating. They've detained him. Now they're investigating. Maybe they'll turn up with nothing. Maybe they'll turn up with something. I don't know. Again, I'm not here to defend anybody, but I think this is an important thing to point out. So far, he is presumed innocent. He is remanded, but they are investigating now. 
It seems a little backwards as to how they do things in the U.S. They investigate, they gather evidence, preponderance of evidence. Then they seek an indictment if they can offer up enough to a grand jury. Suleiman goes on to say there are two points of concern. In order to remand Tate, the judge relied on two things. Firstly, he didn't believe Tate. How did he make such a judgment when they only had 45 minutes to mount their defense? It seems he based this on Tate's online content. Now, that's an important one right there. I got to be honest, Tate's content is bombastic. Now, I think one of the arguments they made, I could be wrong on this one, is that it's a character he plays. He tries to be over the top in his personality, and it's an exaggeration. I think that's probably true. And if that's the case, the judge is looking at what is an an, an entertaining character meant to elicit emotion and then charging someone or remanding them. I'm sorry, he hasn't been charged, but remanding him based on that. You know, in this world, in the modern era, it is difficult when, you know, people create personas and then try to play things up. We'll see how this one plays out. I don't want to say too much like it's akin to a person being arrested if they're an actor and playing a character because Tate plays himself, but an exaggerated version of himself. So they argue. So the man goes on to say the second is, is that despite Tate's clean record, they placed weight on the false allegation of rape in the UK. How can you value a complaint that was dropped by the CPS as it was deemed false? I refuted the related Vice hit piece in this thread. They say, he goes on to say, Vice produced a hit piece on the Tate brothers. In this hit, they claim that Tate choked a woman and raped one. They allege the UK police's delays caused CPS to drop the investigation. Tate's lawyers stated that there were no new facts from April to December. So what changed? What's worrying is the judge based his decision on social media clips. Not a good look for Romanian judicial system. It's as bad as the Twitter kangaroo court we saw in the first two days. To summarize, I agree with the judge and Tate Bro's lawyer. The evidence does not meet the standard for prosecution, let alone conviction. One hopes the Romanian authorities don't make a fool of themselves on the world stage as we value justice above everything else. Mario Nafal, who's actually been fairly critical of Tate, says great thread. One of the few pro-Tate accounts using logic and research. And I'll just say this. If the judge outright said there's only enough for remand, then this seems to be, you know, I guess you call it a matrix attack. Look, in the United States, we do things a little differently. You know, you can be under investigation, but you're still free. They collect a preponderance of evidence presented to a grand jury to get an indictment. They then have to build their case against you and continue their investigation. It looks like things are working a little bit backwards there where they're like, okay, someone made an allegation. We are going to remand you on the spot. Now, sure, that can happen in the U.S., but it seems like there needs to be a little bit more than just an accusation. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure someone accusing you of something isn't enough for them to remand you. There's got to be some kind of preponderance of evidence. So we'll see. But I saw this tweet from Jordan Peterson, and it got me thinking as to why Andrew Tate actually is so important to so many people. Peterson says, Gaston or the redeemable beast? I stand for the latter. And so do the wise beauties. Okay, but maybe that's it. Let me talk about Andrew Tate, the video clips that I've seen. I watched a video clip from him recently where he says, have kids. I'm going to teach my kids. I'm going to make them little versions of myself. They're going to be amazing and strong and carry on my legacy. And I'm like, okay, how many people are telling young men to do this, to be strong, to be fit, to work hard, to exercise, to get out there, to, to have a family, to have kids, to be better? 
relatively few strong personalities, at least. I mean, we had Eliza Blue on the show and she said, ah, he's not saying anything new. And I'm like, I don't know, man. People are looking for strong role models. There are certainly some guys who, who do this stuff. But Tate is a world renowned fighter, wealthy individual. He's a leader, whether you like him or not. And I am not saying he's innocent or guilty. I'm just saying dude is clearly a leader who's inspired people to do better. Plain and simple. Now, you can argue that inspired people to do worse with his bombastic persona. But in my view, what we end up with, I'll put it this way, as I stated earlier, you were offered a Jordan Peterson, a mild mannered clinical psychologist who wants you to clean your room and you called him a Nazi. So what happens? Young men say the only thing that's going to get us through this is a strong man. Mitt Romney couldn't do it, so they turned to Trump. Jordan Peterson couldn't do it. Uh, To an extent, he did. Don't get me wrong. But they went after him anyway. So finally, people just say, I will take the guy who tells me to fight, who speaks with fierce vigor and calls out the machine. And even the Telegraph, they seek to smear him. But let's read what they say. The Telegraph writes, the liberal left has cried wolf for years. In the run-up to the 2012 presidential election, they denounced mild-mannered Mitt Romney as a fascist. Literally Hitler. Donald Trump proved a rude awakening. But come on. Trump was a moderate, too. They go to mention Jordan Peterson, the polite Canadian academic known for his dispensing gentle wisdom to young men, who was portrayed as the epitome of toxic masculinity. Once again, more sinister figures were waiting in the wings. Until recently, many of us were blessedly unaware of the existence of Andrew Tate, the kickboxer turned millionaire influencer who was arrested in Romania last month. He stands accused of shocking crimes, trafficking women and forcing them to produce pornographic content, which he denies. Yet he has also amassed a vast following among young men. Before being shut down, his TikTok account had garnered more than 11 billion views. Last year, he was one of the most Googled people on the planet. How badly have we failed our young men if someone like Tate is their idol? I'm going to pause right there. Why? I'll tell you why I like some of what Andrew Tate says. And I say some because I don't listen to everything he says. Because there's a video where he said, and I'll shout this out to the, high, to, the, to, the, to the ends of the earth, it was brilliant. He said, whether I'm happy or not is irrelevant. If I wake up unhappy, I have to do the exact same thing I would do if I was happy. And I thought to myself, wow, now that's something. He's completely right. I saw his video where he's walking around and he says, you cannot stop halfway. You have to keep working every single day. The rocket ship to the moon doesn't stop halfway to chill out. No, it keeps going till it gets there. And I was like, that's a a fantastic way to put it. And I feel that. I I don't take breaks. We had a holiday recently. But every day I wake up and I work. And this past week, I kicked in a high gear and started producing more segments. And I, th- I thought to myself, what's the point? You know, when we had this time off over the holiday, what did we do? We spent some time. I spent, you know, I spent time with my girlfriend. We, we traveled around. We had some fun. And I thought to myself, to what end? You know, the work is the mission, is the life, is the goal. There's a lot of things to work for. Work doesn't just mean laying bricks or, or talking on the internet. Work means fighting for your family and having a family. And sometimes you need to relax. That's a part of work. 
but you can't lose sight of the mission. Taking time off is good because recovery is an important process. Sharpening your blade. You know, it's the old story. Two guys go out, lumberjacks or whatever, and the guy says, whoever chops down the most trees will get a bonus. And the one guy sits down and starts sharpening his axe, and the other guy just goes and starts whacking down the trees. After about an hour, one guy's chopped down 10 trees. I don't know, I don't know how, how long it takes. And then the guy sitting there with his now sharpened axe gets up and starts hacking away. Eventually, the guy who didn't sharpen his blade is getting tired, and the blade is becoming dull and blunt and having a harder time cutting into the trees. But the man with the sharpened axe who took his time and relaxed and made sure he did it right is going five times faster. That's what I'm saying. But my, my, my main point is, if you only sit around just sharpening the axe, then you're not actually doing anything. The mission itself matters. This is why Andrew Tate is influential. It's not about him going on podcasts and being like, I got all these women and these women want to be with me. For a lot of people, that's a big component. But I didn't see those videos, not until they started accusing him of these things. The influence that I saw from Tate was him being like, work hard, have a family, don't stop working. And I was like, I like those clips. He did have one, though, that I liked. He talks about how he says women get their, their, um, their, their, their uh, value from God and L'Oreal. He's like, you know, women are at their peak in their you know, late, late, late teens, 19, 20 years old. And they've got all these guys who want to do things for them. They can attract older men. And that was given to them by God and L'Oreal. And he's like, I had to work hard every single day. And then when all these women were going around and hooking up with everybody, they get older and they expect him now at his peak value to be monogamous to them. And he says, F you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, of course, I don't agree with the like, don't be monogamous thing. That's not for me. I think that uh, the more valuable, I suppose more traditional is find a, a, a person team up with, have a family, it's part of the mission. But I understand what he's saying. He is making a good point. Young people today, particularly these feminists, want it all and expect everything from you. The point that I got out of that was you work your hands to the bone for what you get and they demand you hand it over to them. Of course, his message was, was, you know, centered in dating and stuff like that. But I can understand why people don't like what he was saying. But the message I got from that was there are people who work for nothing and expect that you who works hard to give up everything. Communism. Here's what they say. Until recently, many of us were unaware of Tate. She goes on to say, how badly have we failed our young men? No surprise that he appeals to teenagers. Despite his 36 years, Tate appears fundamentally never to have grown up. I'm too smart to read, he announces. Sure you are, Andrew. I need action. I need constant chaos. I need to be driving a supercar and effing fighting and effing a bunch of hoes. You know why that's inspirational? These people don't get it. I've talked about this before. I like books. I like reading. But uh, I typically just read the internet. That's the thing. So I don't know if if uh, I'm pretty sure what Tate was saying, 
He has this viral video where he was like, I don't read books. He's like, I read online. Something like that. I could be wrong. But my view of this is I think books are archaic. I think books are great. They're archaic. Why? In the modern, in the modern era, you can actively fact check what it is you're reading. So I remember reading a physics book. This is a while back, 10 years ago. I thought it was all fascinating. Later on, I started looking some of these ideas up and found that they had been corrected and they were wrong. And I said, okay, here's a problem. This book contains information, some of which is no longer accurate. Why should I read it? And that's the point. Me, I'm all about reading on the internet. I read nonstop all day, every day. I'm absorbing everything. I don't trust the corporate press. I think they're taking Andrew Tate's comments out of context. That's what I think. I think it's possible he's uh, mean to women. I think it's possible he treats women poorly. I don't know. What I do know is the media lies. What I do know is a lot of the quotes that I've heard seem to be a bit on the nose and over the top. Some of the claims they've made about what he said sound like kink. Like he's like talking to some woman saying things about how he likes to like force her and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, that sounds like they're role playing. And that's my concern. Is like a dude who's abusing women coming out and being like, I am now going to abuse you. That's right, baby. And so I'm like, eh. but look, I'll say it again. I'm not here to defend or placate. Maybe Andrew Tate is guilty. I just don't know. The evidence currently suggests he will be remanded, but maybe there won't be enough. Maybe there will be for the time being. I think it's important to realize two things. Young men are in crisis and do need strong role models. Role models who tell them to be powerful. Role models who tell them to improve themselves, to exercise, to eat healthy, to build legacy. Andrew Tate was doing that. People need that. And more importantly, you could have taken Jordan Peterson, but you wanted to play stupid games and win stupid prizes. So now you're going to come crying to, be, crying to me about Andrew Tate. Nah, sorry, I ain't going to hear it. Jordan Peterson inspired young people. He was a father figure, but you didn't like that it wasn't enough. So you mocked, derided, insulted, and smeared him. And so people turn to a man of, more, of, of, of much more strength, Andrew Tate. I'd like to see how this plays out. I'd like to hear exactly what, what really happened. Is it true this woman who made the accusation fled and she's gone? Because if that's the case, what evidence is there? And now they're using that as justification to go to his house and seize things? I wouldn't be surprised if they find reasons to convict. But we'll see. It's kind of silly to think that the Matrix attacked him. For what reason, right? I mean, he's just a guy who's about massive dude on the internet. Some have argued it's actually about shutting down trafficking. Maybe. No, seriously. I mean, I don't know. I'm not here to defend the guy. But I do think it's possible that if you've got a guy who's strong, gaining millions of followers, and doing so by telling young men to be masculine, come on. We've seen every smear in the world about toxic masculinity, about why masculinity is bad. So it's no surprise to me that there are powerful interests trying to stop this guy. It doesn't mean I think that's why they're stopping him. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. But we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Check it out. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you all then. It's time for a new state, the state of new California, which uh, apparently, as far as I can tell, is basically the exact same as old California, but they carve out the Bay Area and Los Angeles. I'm not kidding. I'm trying to figure out what the boundaries are for this new state. But it just looks like on their website, they're basically saying it's a new state, but we're removing the cities from California. 
Okay. Well, this is actually fairly serious. They've done a lot of groundwork, the new California movement. They've cited tons of precedent. They've gone to the law and they are on their 10th convention to form a new state. From TimCast.com, California group advocates splitting, creating creation of 51st state. The current state of California has become governed by a tyranny. California group named New California is advocating for secession from California as a 51st state, citing a tyrannical government. The group, which began efforts to split California as early as 2018, as is an unincorporated association seeking to form a new state out of the existing state of California. New California seeks incorporation of rural areas for membership in the new state. The borders of New California will not include California's most densely populated regions like L.A. and SF. So again, basically what they're saying is we take the whole state of California, you remove the Bay Area and L.A., and you got a new state. That state would be red. That's what's really funny about it. So let's, let's pull up their website, actually. Welcome to the website for the state of New California. The New California State 10th Convention has begun today. There you go. 10th Constitutional Convention, January 12th to 14th, 2023. And uh, looks like they got some some speakers and some stuff going on. It sounds pretty interesting. It's $100 to attend. But let's read about. Let's read about a new state. What is this one? Here we go. It's actually fairly interesting, the argument they make. And then, well, actually, let me do this. I'll go to the home. And this is what I want to show you before we you know get into that stuff. I'm scrolling down. And then I saw this. And I was like, okay, it says the state of New California, New California counties with committees map does not represent final state borders. And I was confused because it's literally just California. But then down here you have yellow California, New California. You mean to tell me these yellow spots will be like three different states or what's the point? I don't understand. They're not connected. How will they be one state? Okay, sure, whatever. Maybe I'm getting something wrong, but let's uh, read about this new state and the argument they make. Why a new state? The need for a new California. The U.S. Declaration of Independence of 1776, the Alta California Declaration of Independence of 1836, and the Sonoma Proclamation of 1846 declared the right of the people in the states of Alta California and California, respectively, to throw off the bonds of tyranny. Okay, I'm with you so far. Constitutional authority to act. The current state of California has become governed by a tyranny, which rivals those expressed in the above documents. Therefore, the United States Declaration of Independence of 1776, the Constitution as adapted in 1783 by the Congress of the United States of America, the Alta California Declaration of Independence of 1836, the Sonoma Proclamation of 1846, and the California State Constitution of 1848 mandate the right, the responsibility, the duty of the people who are suffering the long train of abuses and usurpations at the hands of a tyrannical government to abolish and make new a government by the people for the people under God. Article four, section three of the Constitution states new states may be admitted by the Congress into this union, but no new states shall be formed or erected within the jurisdiction of any other state, nor any state be formed by the junction of two or more states or parts of states without the consent of the legislature's of the states concerned, as well as of the Congress. Quote from the U.S. Declaration of Independence. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it 
and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. The state splitting process. And they reference my home state. Well, my current home, West Virginia. West Virginia is best Virginia, by the way. The precedence was set in 1861 when West Virginia was split from the Confederate Virginia as Virginia tried to secede from the Union. The process begins when a state's legislature first votes to split the state. Once the measure in the form of a resolution passes both the state assembly and Senate, it is submitted to Congress. Both the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate must vote to pass the resolution in order to split the state. I'm going to pause right there and just go out on a limb and say I really don't think ever in any way California will be permitted by the state to break apart into two states. No state has been brought into the union who could not demonstrate their ability to self-govern. New California will demonstrate a governance system as modeled by the U.S. Declaration of Independence, Constitution and Bill of Rights. County commissioners will be established in all counties who, will like to join, who would like to join the new California state movement. These, uh, these county committees will serve as local governance centers and will be directly involved in the new California state movement activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, we get it. What I couldn't figure out is like where they're going to be breaking apart. They say new California will be the sixth largest state behind New York, bigger than Illinois and Pennsylvania. It's estimated 25 to 27 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives will go to New California. Old California will become the second most populous state behind Texas and ahead of Florida, losing 25 to 27 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. The five southern New California counties have a population of just over 11 million. If they were to break away, they would be a state the size of Ohio, probably larger as some other counties might join. I do not believe I think you agree that the federal government is going to abide by attempts to split California, nor would California's own government. But they do make some very interesting points. If the southern part of California were to break off and become its own state, it would be, what do they say, as big as Ohio? It would be a, a state the size of Ohio. Maybe it should be its own state. Maybe we need to break apart California into three states, whether California likes it or not. This is a state with the I think it has the most congressional reps, the most electoral college votes. It's a massive state. Now, speaking in terms of physical size, Alaska, I think, is the biggest, followed by Texas and New York. Could be wrong, but uh, those are among the biggest. But population density is what matters. How can California properly govern when it's basically the size of three states jammed into one? It can't. Now, the argument made often is that, well, people will leave California and they'll go other places. And they have been. Still, the state is massively populated and would prob- prob- probably better serve its people if it broke up. If you've got the people who want to form Jefferson, you ever see Jefferson? There's like people who want to break Northern California off to form a state. There's the people who want to make Jefferson, which is parts of like Oregon, Idaho, and then, <clears throat> and then Northern California. And then there's like counties that want to break apart. There's people in eastern Oregon that want to leave Oregon because Portland dictates too much. I'll tell you where we're going. This is the 10th convention of California for the state of New California. Or I'm sorry, the 10th convention for New California. Civil War. I know, I know. A lot of people are like, oh, here he goes, Tim Pool, talking about civil war again. But I mean, think about it. We're at a point 
where the cities and the rural areas are so divided in their worldviews and people are flocking to them. Like people are leaving California and going to places like Texas and Florida, living in very different places. The split is right in front of our eyes. If you live in a look, I live in West Virginia. You go to D.C. an hour away and it's completely different. A better way to put it is if you're in Maryland and you're in Western Maryland, you're in MAGA country, baby. The people in Western Maryland are trying to secede from the state to join West Virginia. But meanwhile, you go to Frederick and it's woke as woke gets. You know, these people are not happy living with each other. Maybe we should be like, okay, a government for woke people doesn't work for a government for non-woke people. So if we're going to preserve this here union, we need to give people their space. The other solution, I suppose Exodus. People could just leave in large numbers and go other places, I guess. Maybe if you live in California, the solution is to go move to Texas. Maybe the solution is to just get out of the state. Instead, what I think we're seeing with places like Arizona and Colorado is that Democrats from California are moving to these places and voting blue. There's this famous post where a guy was like, I think California is being run miserably, so I'm going to go move to Florida where it's done better. And then people were like, yo, if Florida is being run by Republicans, don't worry, I'll vote Democrat. And they're like, why? Why flee Democrats? Go to a Republican state and vote Democrat again. OK, maybe the solution is to get people who believe in life, liberty, liberty and the pursuit of happiness to go to West Virginia, New Hampshire, Florida, Texas, etc. And then all the rest can just stay in old California and be surrounded by homeless people and feces in the street. If that's what they want, so be it. Hey, but shout out to New California. I respect it. A lot of work went into this website. I'm actually pretty impressed. So they've got a legal fund. I just, I think it's kind of fruitless. And what, what does kind of bum me out is there's an opportunity with this level of organizational power to do things that are probably more effective than trying to take every portion of California except major cities. And maybe I'm wrong about that part. I don't know what their plan is. But uh, hey, man, good luck. I think we could use a change. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a couple minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Angela Bel Camino. Man, uh, her Twitter account is absolutely fantastic. She hits it out of the park. I think the whole thing about her shtick is to troll people on the right into sharing her material. But if you view her account as satire, it's awesome. She's this chick that does like boxing dancing about like supporting Democrats. And I, I don't know if she's seriously a Democrat or it's satire. I don't think it matters. I am entertained by it. And she's extremely good at getting people to share her content. She recently had a particularly viral tweet about boyfriend material. And in response, someone posted a picture of this man. I have seen this photo before and I feel really bad for this guy. Like just people making fun of him. You know, look, man, I wouldn't wish being a soy boy on anybody. I, I, I can't imagine anybody actually wants to be a soy boy. OK, now let me clarify. I'm not literally suggesting that eating soy turns you into an effeminate weak man. I'm just using the phrase to be like a weak, effeminate man. You know, people don't want to be that way. I'm willing to bet that even guys who claim to be woke, liberal, effeminate soy boys, and they're like, I'm proud. Deep down, it hurts them. Like, there's a thing called Napoleon complex, where a, per a guy is short, so he gets really angry and tries to, like, justify 
his his status or like works out and gets ripped. Even though Napoleon uh, Napoleon actually wasn't that short. That's a myth, by the way. But they, they post this photo of this guy, and I just, right off the bat, I feel so bad for this. And you know, this guy didn't say anything to you, man. Look, would you make fun of somebody in a wheelchair? You know, I, I was watching that Nathan for you about the, uh, the the fat guy on the horse. I'm not saying this guy is disabled or anything. I'm just saying, like, I just, I just don't like ragging on people like that. Like, for all you know, this guy could be, I don't know who this guy is. Maybe he's not. But what if he's, like, based AF? What if he's, like, a hardcore Trump supporter? You know? You never know. I doubt it. But, you know. Anyway, Angela Bell Camino. I got, I got a whole bunch of tweets of hers to pull up. She tweets, boyfriend material uses pronouns, puts almond or oat milk in coffee, sits while urinating, apologizes for everything, does not want to be the provider. Yo, she is clearly trolling and I find it hilarious. They're like, I troll all the time on Twitter and the crazy, I tweeted, um, Stop sending money to Ukraine for war and use that money to pay reparations to the descendants of those uh, of slaves. And then I actually get emails from people on the right who are like, I can't believe you would actually advocate for reparations, Tim. Oh, he get. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got to be honest. Maybe my audience would be a lot larger and the business would be more successful if I didn't troll on Twitter. Whatever. Anyway, I want to break down this this uh, thread from her. Because it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful, in my opinion. Boy, I actually, I was going to tweet a response, but I thought it'd be funny just to do a video. And uh, boyfriend material uses pronouns. I was going to say, I exclusively refer to people in the first person, only by their proper name. Uh, not first person, only by their proper name. Puts almond or oat milk in their coffee. Uh, quite literally, and this is not a joke, I put heavy whipping cream in my coffee, which I have right here. Sits while urinating. You guys ever see that meme? where it's like how to properly use a gas station bathroom and the guy has his hands and feet on the walls so that he's elevating himself above the floor and just relieving himself straight onto the ground from it. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, apologizes for everything. I apologize for nothing. Does not want to be a provider. Only I can give people the proper farmed goods. No, I think it's funny. It's funny because um, uses pronouns. Do you mean like neo pronouns? Puts almond or oat milk in coffee. Sits while urinating. That's the one that gets me. Like, like that actually matters in any real relationship. That's why I'm saying like, dude, she's trolling. Let me show you. Let me show you how good some of her tweets are. They're really good. Look at this. Went on a date last night and the guy was mansplaining. An alpha male power move. It reeked of small dick energy. So I got up and left. No, she didn't. And no, she wasn't. She was probably hanging out with her friend. They were laughing and she's like, I got an idea. And she tweeted, but it's funny. He was mansplaining. So, so I got up and left. Here's another one. Went on a blind date last night. We met at a coffee shop. He ordered his coffee black. I got up and left. Sure sign of a wannabe alpha male who lives at home. How can you not see this as anything other than like Titanium McGrath? Or Anne Lesby. These are fake accounts. Now I know Angela's a real human being, but come on. Like, she's clearly making people, she's trying to get people to think she's actually a Democrat. And it's like a guy ordered black coffee, so she got up and walked out. Like, that's not, that's not a real thing. It's funny, though. I like it. Here we go. She's got so many more. I went on a first date last night. At the restaurant, he ordered a domestic beer and a steak. I grabbed the bottle of wine I ordered and left immediately. 
No, you didn't, because you can't carry an open bottle of wine outside and they won't hand you a closed bottle of wine for the most part. But maybe, maybe. She's got so many of these tweets about having awful dates. Here she goes. Foursome with the girls. Foreign beers in the fridge. The boys are playing Fortnite. The right hates this. Our hot lib foursome includes a girl who works at Hooters. And yes, she tastes like garlic parmesan. Okay. She goes, fact, liberal men are far more attractive, intelligent, and confident than self-proclaimed alpha male conservative men. That's just not true. It's literally not true. But, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just literally not true. And so in response to her boyfriend material post, someone uh, posted this. I found someone for you at Whole Foods. Uh, This one bums me out. Okay, I've seen this photo before. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know why this photo was taken, but I mean, it's just a very like, look, you can tell from the height of the tomatoes in front of the man. He's very short. His head seems disproportionately large for the rest of his body, and he is gaunt, frail with painted fingernails. I don't know this man, but I feel bad for him. I I honestly think when people are sharing this, they're sharing it to be like, here's your liberal man. But I kind of just feel like this guy's got some developmental disability. And I'm not trying to be mean. It, it looks like he's got a, a, a growth disorder or like some kind of enzyme disorder or something to where when he was growing, his body was stunted. I'm not a fan of that. I'm going to say it outright. Y'all can laugh. Y'all can make fun of the guy. Y'all can use misery memes. I'm not telling you what you can or can't do. I'm just saying, me, if it comes to cyberbullying in the, in the uh, uh, um, uh, hyperventilating leftist kind of sense, like trolling on Twitter, I'm going to troll people for their ideas, not because they might look a certain way or be a certain way. I've never been about that. You know, like I was critical of Milo because he fat shamed a guy who was in the gym. And I'm like, dude, you won. The guy's in the gym. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this fella here is a vegan, though. And uh, he's certainly uh, stroking that avocado. Uh, uh, Mighty fierce. Uh, but avocados are delicious. I love me some avocados. I know people who are who have like uh, um, genetic disorders and they're based. And for all you know, this dude based. Okay, probably not. I'm going to say it again. Probably not. But I don't know. Everybody's just racking on him. I don't, don't want to keep talking about the guy, but it made me feel so bad. But I absolutely just loved this tweet from uh, Angela. And uh, she's got like these videos where she's like, Here, here's a good one. Look at this. Fact, liberal women walk with such swag and confidence because they are alpha male free. Like, you know, she's not. This is not real. It's like perfectly crafted tweets to get people on the right to share them. And maybe, just maybe, this whole video is me basically being like, let me explain for you the joke. But I think the funny thing is that a lot of people genuinely believe that these are real. Look at this one. Someone, Jake Shield says, you should probably get a cat. She goes, I have 10. Get one more. Someone said, Betty wears skinny jeans and has a full beard and listens to Mumford and Sons. And she goes, that's hot. This guy, Vicarious, goes, four out of five is not bad. And she goes, followed heart. Wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. Four out of five. Which ones? Which one don't you do? Do you want to be a provider? Do you not sit? Which one is it, guy? I I love this. Can I qualify if I use soy milk? And she goes, yes, soy or coconut milk qualifies. Seth says that's called a lesbian. She goes, nah, I've dated lesbians and buys. And I got to be honest, too. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you can't just say this thing is a lesbian. 
uh, like these, these, these characteristics are of a lesbian. Nah, not the case. Like we had a lesbian on the show the other night and she doesn't do the neo pronoun thing. Probably a more conservative Ron Paul supporter, I doubt is vegan, probably sits, I guess, I don't know, apologize. No, doesn't apologize. And uh, I don't know if they want to be provider, provider or not. So uh, no, LGBTQ or whatever has nothing to do with this. This is just a weird outcry for wanting a soy boy. I don't know. I liked it. I liked the post. It was funny. That was it. And then the only thing that really made me consider doing an actual segment on this was that people were posting this picture of this poor man. Oh, this poor guy. And don't be mean to people unless they say mean things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess if this guy goes viral because he was being nasty to people, I get it. But if like, this is literally just some dude who is trying to buy an avocado and mind his own business. Don't be mean to him, man. You know, because like if you want to win people over. You want to explain that your ideas are good. You don't attack someone because they look weird or look bad. That ain't it. That ain't it. No, 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 no. But uh, if this guy ends up dating Angela, you know, congratulations to her. She'll get the soy boy that she wants, I suppose. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Got a couple more segments coming up for you. Check it out in a few minutes here at youtube.com slash timcastnews, and I will see you all shortly. Kumail Nanjiani accuses Hollywood studio executives of racism. Wow, why? What did they do? Unwittingly exposes anti-white agenda. Quote, people don't want to cast non-white people as bad guys. Okay, I'm sorry. This one was too funny. It's, 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 a, it's almost paradoxical. Kumail says that the executives are racist because they won't cast non-white people as villains, which means typically villains are white people. Okay, so they're anti-white and racist at the exact same time. They're making white people bad guys, racist, but they won't cast non-white people as bad guys, also racist. Congratulations. There's nothing you can do. There's no circumstance by which you can produce content and not be racist. There's a meme. I'm going to reference this meme. It It shows like four different scenarios. One is a white guy pointing a gun at a black guy. And the woman's like, why is the white man shooting the black guy? Then the next one is a black guy shooting a white guy. And then the girl screaming like, why are you making the, the, the black guy out to be a bad guy? Then the next one is two white guys, one, the white guy shooting at a white guy. And they're like, how come there's no black representation in this film? And then the last one is two black guys. And they're like, go figure. They're, they're making black people look all violent. Yet there's literally nothing you can do. It will always be racist. OK, congratulations, Kumail Nanjiani. You've played right into this trope. Nothing they do will ever be anything other than racist. Because if they did cast you as a villain, everybody would get mad and be like, why did you make the Indian guy the bad guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Eternals and Obi-Wan actor... Obi-Wan Kenobi actor, Kumail Nanjiani recently accused Hollywood executives of racism, claiming they are refusing to allow non-white actors to play villains. Oh, amazing. This is from Bounding Into Comics. In a lengthy interview with Esquire about his upcoming TV miniseries, Welcome to Chippendales, Nanjiani admitted to the fact that Hollywood executives and casting agents are not casting non-white actors in villain roles. He says, I think that Hollywood now, even though they're trying to be more diverse, is still weird. The problem, he wagers, is that good intentions can sometimes lead to misguided solutions. If the bad guy is a brown guy, what message is that sending? As it's framed by Wong in the Esquire article, Nanjiani concurred, telling him, and that's just as limiting as anything else. I want to play more bad guys. 
Well, but that would be racist. You can't can't give you those roles, I guess. Nanjani then compared himself to fellow Marvel Studios actor Sebastian Stan, who not only plays Winter Soldier in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but is also able to jump out of the role and become a character named Steve, who is an organ harvesting cannibal serial killer in the Hulu original film Fresh. After briefly comparing himself to Stan, Nanjani unwittingly revealed the anti-white agenda throughout Hollywood. He said, Sebastian Stan does these big Marvel, uh, Stan, Stan, uh, Sebastian Stan does these big Marvel movies, and then he'll play a psychopath. I was told that's going to be hard because people don't want to cast non-white people as bad guys. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to say this. I think the reason, uh, Mr. Nanjiani, if they don't want to make you into a villain is because of who you are, not because of your race or ethnicity. And what I mean is, he's a guy who's got a, an upbeat, higher-toned voice who represents... And I'm going to say this with all due respect. He represents something more virtuous than a villain. Sebastian Stan, I can clearly see as someone who can either be this like anti-hero or he could like with Winter Soldier. He's like the soldier guy who becomes a villain brainwash. I think it it fits for him. But I can also see him being like a psychopath. For Kumail Nanjiani, look, man, I hate to break it to you. For me, it's not about your race. It's that your persona, the way you talk and the way you carry yourself is that of more heroic and family friendly and fun than villainous. That's the real. You know, it's funny because it's like it's always got to be racism. It's like maybe it's because of your personality. Right. He said uh, that he can you know, they want to cast non-white people as bad guys. In fact, Wong claims if Welcome to Chippendales were not based on a true story, non believes the central role would have gone to a white actor. As Nanjani notes, this anti-white agenda is an open secret in Hollywood. It's part of the whole representation agenda that these massive companies have adopted and began propagandizing onto audiences. Amazon Studios' inclusion policy and inclusion playbook was touted by the head of Amazon Studios, Jennifer Salk, back in June 2021, when she stated, with the establishment of our inclusion policy and inclusion playbook, Amazon Studios has committed itself to being a thought and action leader in the transformation of our industry. She added, We know how much work there is to be done to improve representation both on camera and behind the scenes, and it starts at home with us. With clear directives and a commitment to accountability, these guides provide a path toward a more equitable future both on and off camera. This isn't isolated to Amazon Studios. The Walt Disney Company has an entire initiative called Reimagine Tomorrow, in which documents obtained by journalist Christopher Rufo and published in May 2021 included training on systemic racism, white privilege, fragility, white fragility, white saviors, microaggressions, and anti-racism, blah, 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 blah. It's been like 10 years or something since like Gamergate, right? I got to be honest. It doesn't feel like we've been winning. Maybe we are though. I mean, maybe when you look at Eric July's Ripaverse and the massive success there, you can see that people are begging for alternatives. But the sad reality is, uh, is just this, my friends. Zoinks! There's nudity and swearing and stuff in this Velma show. Would it do by any other name still smell as sweet? Wokeness is percolating, is permeating, and it's expanding. Because people sign up for HBO. Because even though we can complain about this stuff, we still use these services. Granted, I know I don't have Disney. I said this last year, I signed up for a year. 
And then they did that whole thing with the Uyghur camp, thanking the, the security service that's got people in concentration camps. And I was like, I'm done. No more Disney. That expired a few months ago. And so I don't watch Disney anymore. That's it. I'm out. Granted, there's still Marvel movies. And so this is the challenge. I don't expect everyone to up and stop. But yo, we have to make stuff. The Daily Wire. Come on, guys. Make more. You have to do it. It's not going to be easy rebuilding Hollywood, but you have to. We're working on a video game. We're working on physical spaces. And this Saturday, I'll be in D.C. at Freedom Plaza skating around. I'll throw down some uh, switch hard flips, some uh, nolly hard flip, late flips, all that good stuff. You know it. You'll love it Uh, because we have to assert ourselves in cultural spaces or forever hold our peace. So, you know, I bring up the uh, the Zoinks uh, article here with uh, Velma because they made Velma. uh, I guess she's Indian. They made Shaggy, whose name is not Shaggy anymore. They made him a black guy. Daphne is Asian. I'm not even kidding. I guess like, do I have like any pictures? I think Daphne is Asian. They made Fred a douchebag. Like he was always just kind of like a stand up guy. They made him trash. And I don't think they have any pictures of Daphne. But she's got red hair, but she also kind of looks Asian. So they're doing this thing where it's, what do they, what do they say? It's, uh, it's gay and raunchy. Reinvents Scooby-Doo for adults. But there's literally no Scooby-Doo in it. And it's super cringe. Sorry, I, just, I, I haven't watched the show, but I watched part of it, and it felt very, very cringy. Let me tell you what's up. Let me tell you what's up. Supporting these things, I understand why people buy HBO. There's good non-woke content that exists on HBO, but they use it to fund this stuff, and they're going to try and in, in, inject that into people's minds and spread the woke cult. So let me tell you about what it means to push back in these cultural spaces. That's why I think this Saturday is so important. The reason why I'm going. Because I showed up in the morning because I skate in D.C. Uh, I skate in Frederick and Hagerstown and West Virginia. I skate all over the place. And I, have, I, I typically just skate at home because I have my own indoor mini ramp and skate park, which, uh, you know, will invite people to come skate. And so I go to D.C. And apparently now some rumors start flying around about someone brought me there. And I'm like, bro, I showed up with my girlfriend early in the morning and that was it. But, you know, apparently they, they lost their minds. They started blaming people saying, how did Tim Pool end up coming here? Because I, I skateboard. I've been skating for, for decades and I live in the area. And then here's what really grinds my gears. They lied. No, but it's kind of funny. Someone posted that I showed up, everyone avoided me, and that I couldn't do a shove it. For those that aren't familiar with skateboarding, shove it is a very basic and easy trick. It's actually the first thing I learned before I learned how to ollie because it is really easy. I think fakie shove it was the first thing I learned. And they were like, you couldn't do a shove it. And that's like, bro, I did a nollie gazelle first try. I, I did a nollie hard flip late flip or a nollie hard cancel flip, to be, to be honest. Like those are those are difficult tricks, to put it simply. I did a switch frontside 360. I'm cruising around a fakie 540 big flip. You see, I'll tell you this. You may not understand those words, but let me tell you, they're lying in forums Because the idea that I would be better than them is bad for them. They cannot live in a world where we actually have cultural uh, influence and talent. For instance, Timcast has released three songs. All three have charted on Billboard. Cry about it. That's the point. The point is not it's not to be about me, but someone's got to start pushing back on this stuff and we have to build out our new cultures. That's why I'm launching a skate shop, a coffee shop, a private club. That's why we want to build more and more coffee shops around the country, physical spaces where people can hang out. 
So that way, they can't tell us where we can or can't be, and they can't lie. So it's going to be fun. I'm going to show up in, uh, at the plaza again. And, uh, you know, this time I'll actually skate some uh, seriously, I guess. I was goofing off. I was like skating a curb. I did a Nolly front nose 270 out, just on like a little curb, like a little tap, because I was just hanging out. I was just sitting there with some random people, chilling. Went and got coffee. Did like a Nolly flip front nose on a, on a curb, just a little. And I, I know many of you are like, I have no idea what you're saying. But I'm just saying like, you want to talk smack? We'll show up. We're going to show up on Saturday. We're going to have a good time because we are going to start to establish this. And here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to flood Washington, D.C. with TimCast skateboards. I don't know. People were like, you can call everything TimCast. Well, you know, it's like about building brand, whatever. But I'm going to, I'm going to get a thousand boards and I'm going to give them out for free. And you know what I can do? I can do that every single month. Not a single person in this area will ride anything else because we will flood the zone. Now, the one thing I don't want to do is put shops out of business. People are like, yeah, if you give out free boards like that, no one's going to buy a skateboard ever again. And you're spending a lot of money. And I'm like, it's great marketing. You know, I can get I can get to billboards in Times Square or I can go to local parks and I can just keep giving out boards for free. Here's what we'll do. We'll sponsor a team of skaters. We'll get some good skaters and I'll give them five skateboards every time they go to a skate park to give out for free. And we will get every single person riding these boards. You know why? Because most people don't care. It's a free board with a cool graphic. I'll take it. But the woke lunatics will lose their minds. So as for Kumail Nanjiani and what he's saying, yeah, it's not nice living in a woke crackpot reality, is it? So let's do something about it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. This one's going to be a fun one. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have the Krasensteins. Ah, I said it. I said it. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. And we'll see you all then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.